Come on, can we lift up our hands all over the sanctuary right now? Come on, can somebody entertain the presence of the Lord that's in the room right now? We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We magnify you, oh God. We've come to lift you up on a Sunday afternoon, God. We need you in this house, oh God. We magnify your holy name, God. You're worthy to be praised. Come on, somebody, can you clap your hands in the sanctuary right now? Praise God, praise God. Psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I wonder, is there anybody glad to be in God's house on a Sunday afternoon? Praise God, praise God. There is no place I'd rather be. You know the church is the best place on the face of the earth? Amen. If you've yet to find that to be true, you ought to stick around a little while. And watch what God will do in your life if you just give it to him. Amen. Amen. Joel chapter 3, book of Joel chapter 3. While you're turning there, let me say again what an honor it is to be in this house. We love these people. I told, told some of our friends here earlier that I miss being in Carson City. I, I drive around without a GPS here. So that means I'm at home, right? I'm just good with directions. You know, I, this is a special place in our hearts. And uh, I told my wife uh, when we got the, the special invitation to come back that I wanted her to come with me. And I'm so glad my wife is here with me. And I truly am a better preacher if she's in the room. One, because of her anointing. And two, because she holds me accountable. She'll say, baby, you've been preaching too long. <laughs> no, I'm just glad she's here with me. We're missing our babies, but they are at the house of God today. They're in Sunday school and, and having church in Birmingham. So we're a blessed people. Anybody thankful for your leadership in the house? Amen. Amen. What great friends, what great people of God. They are, they are people doing a great work for God, and I am glad to call them friends. You know, you'll have a lot of people that come across your path in life, but you don't get to call all of them friends. And so it's always an honor when you meet real good people. Let me tell you something. When you meet real good people, you hold on to them. You don't let them go. So I'm glad to be amongst real good people. I'm thankful to be in this house. Without further ado, let's get right into the word of the Lord. There's an urgency in my spirit today to preach what God has put on my heart. Joel chapter 3, when you got it, say amen. We're going to go to verse 14. We'll read one verse of scripture, a pretty familiar scripture that we'll lift out of the word of God today. Joel chapter 3 and 14. The Bible says multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. There is, as you begin to study the book of Joel, there is, it's a prophetic book. There's a lot of prophecy wrapped up in the text. Uh, if you want to be biblically sound, uh, you can start to get into the valley being the place of Armageddon, and it goes deep and deep and deep. But today, I want to deal with one single part of the scripture. The Bible says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision with all of the prophecy 
that's wrapped up in this text, suffice it to say, this thing is wrapping up. How many believe we're living in the end days, end times? And I believe on a Sunday afternoon that there are some decisions that need to be made. For just a couple moments, I want to preach to you with the help of the Holy Ghost. Decisions in the moment of conviction. Decisions in the moment of conviction. I wonder, can we put our Bibles down all over the house? And I wonder, can you lift up your voice and lift up your hands? I wonder, can the people of God pray right now? I wonder, can you lift up your voice and touch heaven right now? Come on, somebody get in touch with God right now. Somebody begin to speak right now. Somebody begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Somebody begin to touch heaven right now. God, we need you in a special way today, God. God, we've got some decisions to make, God, and we need you to help us every step of the way. God, we won't hesitate to give you the praise for what you're going to do in this service, God. Anoint my lips of clay. Hide me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Jesus, you're my strength and my redeemer. Let everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands as loud as you can before you see it. seated the presence of the Lord from Genesis or the beginning of time man was given the ability to choose the ability to chart his own course the ability to make his own decisions and a decision is a conclusion or a resolution reached after much consideration and Adam and Eve were given the ability to choose and God gave us the gift of free uh, of, of human will and choice or free more agency if you will because love without uh, lo because love is not love without choice but love without choice is slavery it is bondage it is a God that would force you but we serve a God that doesn't want to force you into a relationship but God wants a relationship with his people but not a force or a mandatory relationship but God is looking for a man God God is looking for a woman that will make a decision to live for him. We don't serve a God that will make you go to church and make you wake up in the morning and lift up your hands and give him the praise that he's due. But God gives us an option whether we want to praise him or not. God gives us a choice whether we want to wake up and acknowledge him in all our ways. God gives us a choice whether we want to say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. God gives us a choice whether we want to wake up in the morning and thank God for the breath that he put in our body. So God desires relationship and reconciliation with his people, but he's never going to force us to praise him or never going to force us to serve him. I've come to tell somebody today that today is a good day to make a decision to praise and magnify the one true living God. If you've never praised him before, you can start by clapping your hands today. If you've never praised him before, you can start by lifting up your voice today. If you've never praised him before, you can stand up on your feet and just say, thank you, Jesus. Today is a good day to make a decision. A decision that says, as for me and my house, 
We will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what the economy looks like. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter what's happening in the political world. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. In the good times, I'm going to praise him. In the bad times, I'm going to praise him. When I've got money in my pocket, I'm going to praise him. But if I'm broke as a joke, I'm still going to praise him. I want to do, I got a praiser in the house. You got to learn how to give God an unconditional praise. See, we've learned how to, how to put conditions upon our praise. And we say, you know what? If God does this for me, then I'll praise him. If God brings me out of this situation, then I'm going to praise him. But sometimes you got to learn how to praise God before the walls fall down. Sometimes you got to learn how to praise God before you know how you're going to pay your next bill. Sometimes you got to learn how to praise God when you don't got any money in your pocket and you don't know where it's going to come from. You got to stand up in the sanctuary and just begin to praise and magnify the Lord. Can I tell you, your praise is a weapon. When you begin to give God praise, something shifts in the atmosphere. Something begins to break when the people of God begin to make a decision to praise. But it's by, by will and by choice that we praise him. You have to start getting into a mindset and an attitude that before my foot hits the ground, even before I know what type of day it's going to be, I'm going to put my feet down on the ground and I'm going to say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. There is an element that's within that text that we read where he says this is the day. And we all understand that no matter what's happening in the world, God's still creating the day. But the caveat in the verse is that I will. You got to get an attitude in your spirit and even if you don't feel like praising them you gotta get up and praise them anyway even if you don't feel like praising you got it's not fair to God can I just preach it plain today I feel like I'm amongst real people let's cut out all the pretense you gotta get an attitude in your spirit that even when I don't feel like praising him and even when I'm weary in my body, and even when I got all types of hell breaking loose in my world, I'm not going to cheat God of the praise that he's worthy of. I'm not going to say, you know what? I'm just going to sit down. I don't feel like doing it. Why don't everybody else do it? But you got to get an attitude in your spirit that say, even though I don't feel like praising him, God's still worthy of the praise. Even though I don't feel like getting up, I'm still going to get up because God has been good to me. I wonder if I got somebody that believes that. You ought to go ahead and give God praise right now. You ought to go ahead and magnify right now. You ought to go ahead and lift up your voice right now. Praise God. You get an attitude in your spirit that says, I'm going to control myself. You control yourself when you sit down on God. 
and you can control yourself to say, you know what, self, I know you don't want to praise him right now. I know we got stuff going on in our world, but the least I can do, the only conclusion that I can come to when I wake up and I still got breath in my body, when I made it to the house of God and I didn't die in a car accident, when I should have overdosed on drugs, but God saved me. I got to wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another opportunity. Thank you for another sunrise. But it's called repentance. Because your flesh doesn't want to pray. My flesh doesn't want to pray. Anybody like to fast? Raise your hand so we can know who the weird person is in the room. Nobody wants to deny their flesh. Nobody wants to say no to that cheeseburger. Praise God. It's, it's, it's afternoon. I forgot. I got to be careful. Y'all can get hungry in the house. But nobody really wants to do that to the, this flesh. But can I tell you something about this flesh? This flesh, sometimes you got to put it in submission. And you got to make the flesh tap out to the spirit and the ways of God. You got to say, flesh, I know we don't feel like praising them. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to clap our hands. We're going to lift our voice. We're going to... I don't even know why I'm camped out here. Spirits got me stuck for a minute. But I just come to preach to somebody that you must have forgot how good God's been to you. You must have forgot how God brought you out time and time again. Your back was against the wall. You didn't have a way out. But God said, you know what? Even if they don't praise me, I'm still going to be good to them. Even if they don't magnify me, I'm still going to bless them. I'm still, my God. Somebody ought to get that today. Somebody ought to get a hold of praise today. Praise God. So you start taking the conditions off of your praise. And praise doesn't just be, uh, isn't just predicated upon your circumstance, but you just wake up and praise him because God has been good. You know, this week we were in Tahoe and I stood by the lake there and I stood out and I prayed right there and just, just the emotions just started to run through me that the God that we serve created the universe. You say that's basic and simple, but sometimes you just got to walk outside in the middle of your mess and in the middle of your trouble and look up to the heavens and look up to that sun that he flung in the sky and look out to the clouds and the blue skies that we have here and say, if God can hold all that together, then God can hold my life together. I come to give somebody hope today to let you know that God's able to take care of you, that God created the universe and God can handle your life. So I will bless the Lord at all times And his praise shall continually be in my mouth What is he always talking about? He's always praising and magnifying his God My mom, she used to say Every time she talked to somebody Well, praise the Lord Why you keep saying that? Because he's been good to me 
when you start to get a revelation about how good God has been to you, you can make up in your mind that I got to give him praise at all times, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if there's sickness in my body. Can I tell you today, you can still go to heaven with sickness in your body. Can I tell you today that it doesn't matter what you're going through. He's still worthy of the praise. Somebody clap your hands. I got to move. But oftentimes people find themselves in the valley of decision. And Joshua said it this way. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And Elijah asked the people of God the penetrating question. He said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? People of God were at a crossroad. They were vacillating between two opinions, a constant back and forth between Baal and God and God and Baal. And the prophet Elijah said, you know what? He said, it's time to make up your mind. It's time for you to make a decision today. He said, you're not going to stand in an in-between place. He said, you've been standing with one foot in and one foot out, and you haven't made up in your mind which God you're going to serve. I'm preaching to somebody right now that you've been in an in-between place, and everything in you wants to live for God, but there's something that keeps pulling you back to the world that God saved you out of. I come to preach to you today, baby, and let you know you got to jump in on God's side with both feet, and you can never look back. I come to tell somebody... You got to make a decision today. So he said, who will you serve? He said, if the Lord be God, then, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Because he's not going to force you to walk with him. So he's giving the people a decision. He said, what do you want? And they're standing in an in-between place. And as we begin to go through the narrative, they didn't answer him a word. Because people in indecision don't give answers. They're standing in a place that is in between heaven and hell. And they're saying, you know what? We haven't quite made up our minds yet. And then the prophet Elijah, he goes to the battle at Carmel. And it's the prophet Elijah, the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of the grove. And they're going to have a showdown. And he says, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And he made sure that we're going to do this in front of the people. He said, build your altar first and try to call down fire from heaven. And they begin to build their altar. The prophets of Baal, the God that the people were about to try to serve, they begin to build the altar to Baal. And then they begin to cry out to him. They said, oh, Baal, why don't you hear us? Oh, Baal, why don't you hear us? And nothing happened. Nobody answered. Nobody heard. Because they served a God that didn't have ears to hear. And they served a God that didn't have eyes to see. Can I tell you? You've probably been serving a God that's not the one true living God. So you find yourself frustrated right now. Because every time you try to cry out to God, you don't hear anything back. But when you find yourself in the house of God, you'll find a God that's got ears to hear. You'll find a God that's got eyes that he can see. I don't want to serve a God that can't see me when I'm broken. I don't want to serve a God that can hear me when I cry. And so they, they start jumping on the altar. 
they start cutting themselves because what happens when people don't get an answer from God and they're in a desperate situation, they resort to all types of crazy things because they don't have a God to serve and they have to prop their God up. Can I tell you today, you've come to the right place. There's a real God in the house. God can set you free. God can break addiction. God can save your soul. God can save your family today. As the people of God stood back and watched all the events that was happening. The Bible says that the prophet Elijah began to set up his altar. The first thing that he did, the Bible says that he repaired the altar of the Lord. That's another sermon for another day. But he took time to repair the altar that they weren't using anymore. He took time as he watched the altar or looked at the altar of the Lord and said, how did it get in this type of shape and condition? And Elijah said, the first thing that we've got to do is we've got to repair the altar of the Lord. And he repaired the altar and you know the story they poured water all in the trench and all about the altar you know what when you serve a God that can do the impossible it doesn't matter the circumstances that set before him God's able to do anything God can do anything today and he began to call on God and the Bible says that God answers by fire and fire came down from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice. It consumed everything and it licked up all the water that they poured into the trench. And, and the people of God that were caught between two opinions. They said, now that we've seen this. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I just come to remind somebody that you've been playing the fence for a little while and you haven't completely made up your mind whether this is the life that you want to live. I just want to tell you that the Lord, he is God. And he's in this house right now and he wants to save your soul and he wants to set you free and he wants to give you another chance and he's pouring out grace today and he's pouring out mercy today. But he wanted the people to make a decision. An incision is to cut within. But a decision is to cut without. It's to cut off. And so when you make a decision, it means that you cut off all other possibilities. Can I preach for a little while today? People, and we got into this a little bit on Friday night, but... When the devil starts fighting back, you got to hit the devil back. My daddy taught me if they hit you first, you hit them back. And if they come back and try to hit you again, you got to swing again. So I've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost since then. But my daddy told me you got to protect yourself. That's all I'm trying to do. So the enemy's been fighting me about what I've been preaching. And so it's time for us to fight back. So. I feel like exposing the enemy today. And so we're going to tag in a little bit to Friday night. But people, we all, we like options. We, go to, we got a plan A. And if that doesn't work, we got a plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, then we're going to plan C. And if plan C don't work, then we got a plan D. We live in a generation where people like options and like to be able to vacillate between which one is most convenient for them right now. Right. Right. I'm preaching good today. 
And so if, if plan A doesn't line up with what I want to see in my life in terms of how I want to be dealt with by God, then no matter what the preacher's preaching and no matter what my Bible's telling me, I'm going to jump to plan B. And then after plan B, if, if he starts requiring some things of me in plan B that I don't really like and don't really line up with the way that I want to live, then we're going to move to plan C. But when you make a decision, you cut off every other possibility of what can be. So we serve a God that doesn't like people to be lukewarm. He said, you got to be hot or cold. You know, God would rather somebody be all the way cold. Hey, I believe in just just fake it till you make it. Come on in. One day it may be your service. But can I tell you that most times that doesn't work? What really works is when people make up their mind that I want to live for God. And it doesn't matter any outside circumstances. This is the life that I want to live. Can I preach to you today and tell you that this is the best life that you can live? That there is joy in the house of God. There is peace in the house of God. There's victory in the house of the Lord. But it takes people that say, you know what? Give me the whole thing. I'm just going to teach today. It takes people that say, you know what? I'm not picking and choosing what I want from the word of God anymore. It takes people that say, you know what? Whatever the word of God says, I'm going to take all of it, no matter what it means about my life, because I'd rather live for God than to die out in the world. I'd rather live for God than to my to be left to my own devices can I tell you you can't do it by yourself you don't have enough money you don't have enough resources you don't know the way but there's a God in this house that knows what we need to do and God will help us every step of the way so you got to make up in your mind and you have I'm telling you there is nothing more powerful than a made up mind You got to be real with yourself. I said I wanted to lose weight. But until I lose weight, it's all talk. But I got to get myself in the gym. And I got to let the resistance, hear me today, the resistance that comes from lifting weights. And I know it hurts, and I know it's not not favorable, but I just got to get up under the weight and say, this is what I want. And so my mind is set, and I just say, you know what? This is resistance to me, but I'm just going to push back, and I'm just going to work out right here. And down the line, you're going to get to the goal that you want to see. But the first thing that you got to do is you got to take the limits off of God, and you got to say, God... You can have free reign in my life. God, whatever you want me to do. God, wherever you want me to go. But it starts with a made up mind. They say when you got a made up mind, everything is confirmation. When you got a made up mind, you come to the house of God with a different attitude. When you got a made up mind, the preacher can't offend you by what he preaches out of his mouth. When you got a made up mind, you say, God, give me the word and give me all of the word. Give me the truth. I want to hear it plain today. But it starts with cutting off every other possibility. People don't want to be bound to anything anymore. You know, back in the day, people would have contracts and Farmers would 
would do things in business and all of these men that were trading steel and doing whatever they did in, in the industrial world. A lot of times there wasn't any written papers, but what they did is, is they were so they were so bound to things back then, is they would stand man to man and they would look each other in the eye and they would shake each other's hand. And when you shook a man's hand, your word was your bun. But we live in a generation where we're trying to figure out in the fine print, is there a way for me to get out of this contract? Is there a way for me to, to say, you know what, I didn't mean it when I said it, so I want to go back on what I said. I come to tell somebody today, today is the day that you make a decision and you never look back. Today is the day that you say, I'm going to live for God no matter what it costs me. Today is the day where you say, I got to get to the house of God at every... My We live in a generation that we like options. Any young people in the house that want to get married? He, hey, come on, man. Come help me real quick. Come on. Hey, we're going to do it. <laughs> but we live in a generation where people don't want to commit. I want you to hear me today. And so what we do is we delay our youth, and we have extended adolescence. Some people truly want to get married. I believe he wants to get married. Some people want to get married. It's just, they just hadn't found the one. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But other people, well, he out there somewhere. But other people, they're afraid of commitment. And they rather say, you know what, i just rather stay as I am because I don't want to commit to anybody or anything. I'm preaching real good right now. And so commitment is a big deal because with commitment there comes a vow. So at Pursuit, it's okay for you to keep your options open. Unless you got somebody. Let me stop. I'm getting in all kinds of trouble up here today. But for young people that are not committed yet, it's okay for you to walk into Pursuit Conference and keep your eyes open and your options open. Right, right. This is good preaching. This is good preaching. Yes, sir. But there'll come a day where you say, you know what, I found the one. And when you find the one, you come before God and all of these witnesses and you do something that's crazy. You begin to make a vow. And when you make a vow, you start saying crazy things. You start saying for better or worse for richer or poor and then you get a little bit more radical as the vows begin to progress if you ever paid attention in a wedding the vows are progressive it gives you the easy stuff first and then it gives you the thing that would bind you together the, they, they begin to say something like till death do us part and when you say that in front of God and all of these witnesses you have cut off all of the possibilities brother Jonah Good preaching. Yes, good. <laughs> and when you cut off all other possibilities of what can be, then you're dedicated and you've made a vow. And what it does is it binds you to something. It's like we talked about Friday night a little bit. 
but when you get married, it's a binding relationship, and it's till death do us part. But we live in a generation where people want options, and so divorce rates are skyrocketing. And this is the society we live in. But it's just the culture. It's not just about marriage. I want you to hear me today. I understand there's all types of situations, but I want you to hear me today that we like to be able to move a little bit. But when you get married, there's going to be trouble that comes. When you get married, there's going to be pressure that comes. When you get married, there's going to be all types of turbulence. And so people would say, you know what? I'm going to plan B. But what we got to get to today and what I'm trying to preach into your spirit today, that we don't have another option. So I got to go back to the moment of decision or conviction when I made the decision that said till death do us part. And by God, I've got to work it out and we've got to figure out how to make this thing work. when you make a vow those words mean something and you're bound to that and so all of my decisions after I make that vow are vetted through the lens of the decision that I made in the moment of conviction it's not vetted through my current circumstance or what I'm going through or the pressure that comes up against me because the adversary wants nothing more than to separate people and separate you from this right way and separate you from the decisions that you made in the presence of God but I wonder if I got somebody in the sanctuary on a Sunday afternoon that'll say you know what when I when I made this decision it was in a moment of conviction and I knew God was speaking to me and I knew God was dealing with me and I knew it was the only way to go can we lift our hands all over this house right now can we pray all over this sanctuary right now come on the holy ghost is moving in this house the holy ghost is speaking to hearts right now come on god's doing work in this sanctuary right now god's helping somebody right now he's doing a work in your spirit somebody entertain the presence of the lord right now god we need you in this sanctuary today The year was 1519. There was a man by the name of Hernan Cortez. Most of us have heard the story, heard it preached, heard it told somewhere along the line. But it's a fascinating story if you haven't heard it. Hernan Cortez, he, he had his sights set. He was a conquistador. He would go and conquer new land. And he had his sights set on the Aztec Empire. And the Aztec Empire, they had the world's richest treasure. And they held it for 600 years, for 600 years. Army after army would go and try to seize the treasure. An army would go and they would die and fall away. And another army would rise up and try to conquer that land and they would fall away. And Hernan Cortez understood that if we're going to take this treasure, I got to go in a different way. And so he gathered together people and got an army. And what he did was a little bit different. He told them, he said, you know what's going to happen when we get this treasure? It's going to change all of our lives and nothing's going to ever be the same. But we've got to set our eyes like a flint and we've got to go for this treasure. And so they get on the boats and they set sail. 500 soldiers, uh, 100 sailors, 16 horses on 11 ships. 
and they set sail towards the Aztec Empire. And after oh, halfway there, he realized some of the guys were getting cold feet because after all, nobody has ever been able to do what they were endeavoring to do. And so men started thinking about if they would lose their life and it's the, this the last time I'm going to see my friends and my family. Is this the last time I'm going to be able to do some of the things I've done before? They get to the beach. Cortez gathers all of those people and he gets them to come around real close. And what he does is he begins to tell them again how great the treasure is and what's going to happen if we receive it. And he's trying to get their mind focused on the task at hand. Most people would think that he's about to give them the war tactics of how we're going to come in. Which angle are we going to attack from? What are we going to use? What weaponry are we going to use? What are we going to do if everything goes away? What are we going to do? How are we going to get away if things don't go the way that we planned? But he had something totally different in mind. He told them something so crazy. He walked up to that army that was preparing to go and seize the world's richest treasure. He said, you know what I want you to do? He said, I want you to burn the ships. He said, I want you to burn every single one of them he said we're not my god my god he said if we're gonna make it home we're gonna make it home on their boats the men were probably thinking what are you thinking what are you talking about if things start to go wrong how are we gonna get away what's the escape plan what's plan b what's plan c how are we gonna be able to move past this today he said burn the ships you know something crazy happened? After 600 years of the Aztec Empire being able to hold on to the world's richest treasure, Cortez and his crew, they were able to seize the world's richest treasure. But how? How were they able to take the world's richest treasure? How were they able to do it against all odds? How were they able to go in when army after army after army would fall away? Can I tell you that there is something that happens in your spirit when your back is up against the wall and you don't have any other options? He said we're going to burn the ships so that we can cut off every other possibility. We're going to burn the ships so that we can cut off a plan B. Hey, I come to preach to somebody today that you got to burn some ships in your life. That you got to say, you know what? I'm not going back to the world that I came out of. I'm not walking the old way that I used to walk. You got to take some people out of your life. You got to say, you know what? You've been a cancer in my life and I'm burning the ship today. to have an attitude in your spirit that says I'm not letting anybody separate me from what God has for me can I tell you today it's difficult to do stuff like that it's difficult to cut away when you cut stuff away it hurts because we're used to walking in a certain way but you got to get to the point where you say I want Jesus above everything in my life and I'm making a decision that whatever doesn't line up with God and his will it's got to go from my life I come to preach to somebody on a Sunday afternoon and let you know it's time for you to burn some ships in your life it's time for you to say you know what it's dragging me back down the same path that I've been on forever but today is the day that I make a decision That'll change the whole course of my life. Today is the day that I turn around and never look back. Today is the day that everything changes. He made a vow. 
he made a commitment to this way. And he said, you know what? He said, we're going to walk in this. He said, you got to forget about what can happen and what you got to give up and what you got to separate yourself from. But you got to think about all I want is Jesus. All I want is the master. All I want is the king. At all costs, you can take this world, but give me Jesus. You can take my... You can take this addiction, but give me Jesus. You can take these friends, but give me Jesus. You can take this lifestyle, but give me Jesus. Whatever your word says, God. But it's one thing to make a decision. But you take decision to the next level. When you make a commitment. And you begin to follow through with what you said you were going to do. Can I tell you about Hannah? The Bible says that Hannah was barren in her womb. And Hannah prayed for a man child. In that time, it was very special for women to have boys. And she prayed very specifically, God, if you will give me a man child, if you will give me a boy, God, I just want a boy. God, my only desire is to have a little boy. And she would pray this prayer. And she's outside of the temple. And she's trying to figure out, God, are you going to answer my prayer? God is listening to her prayer. And Hannah began to make a vow to God. Can I tell you the vow that Hannah made was not an easy vow. Hannah said, the thing that I want you to give me, she said, God, I'll give it back to you all the days of his life. And God said, okay, Hannah, since you said that, I'm going to give you the thing that you prayed for. And she began, to, she began to go home, and she was with child. And now, now, this is where it, this is where the rubber really meets the road. When she's holding the baby in her hands, and she's got the man child that she's prayed for. And she's holding the man Samuel, and he's a little boy. And she's rocking him, understanding that I made a vow to God. See, a lot of people probably would have said you know what I know I was just a little bit exuberant in that moment and in that moment where I really had conviction in my heart I said some things that I really didn't mean so God I just want to keep what you've given me and this is what happens to people I've watched people as they pray God if you give me this job God if you give me this car God if you give me this wife God if you give me this husband God if you give me this house and I've watched people as soon as they get the blessings of the Lord they say you know what God I didn't really mean what I told you when I really had clarity. Can I preach to you today? That it's the moment of conviction that you truly have clarity. It's in the moments where we're in the altar and pastors preach this heart out and you know you've been convicted in your heart and in your spirit and you come down here and you begin to pray and God starts confirming some crazy things that's going through your mind but you know if it's going to work out then it's going to be God but nobody will be able to understand what God is telling me and so what happens is we close down the lights at the end of the night and we're done with service and we go back home and we sit down and the enemy creeps in and he starts telling you, you know what? The decision that you made, you know, that's a bad decision. It's going to take a little bit more. It's not going to work out. You need to change your mind. But it was really in the moment where you were standing with God. 
and you threw out reason and logic that will say that's not possible. Can I preach to somebody today that the enemy will bring up your past and he'll tell you that because of your past, you're not going to be able to walk in the things that God has called you to walk to. But can I tell you, don't ever neglect the future while you're hanging on to your past. But God's got better for you and God's got greater for you and God's got more for you. But you just got to get back to those moments of conviction where you make up in your mind, God, whatever you tell me to do right now, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get my God, this offering that you told me to give, God, it's not reasonable or logical that I give it. When you get home and you start getting the calculator out and the numbers don't line up, can I tell you that we serve a God? We serve a God that if you just operate by faith, can I tell you about a woman that had two mites that threw the offering into the offering plate? Can I tell you about somebody? My God, I come to preach to somebody that it doesn't matter what you have right now. God knows exactly where you are. You just got to learn how to be obedient to God and say, God, I'm making Making a decision today. But commitment says, God, you put this in my hands. And I made a vow to you that I'm going to give this child back to you. And she goes, can you imagine Hannah as she's raised up this boy to the age where he's able to walk and able to do things on his own after she's weaned him and he's walking back to the temple. Can you imagine Hannah following through on the decision that she made? Can I tell you today that I know that may be a difficult story for some of us, but the truth of the reality is that when Hannah gave Samuel back into the hands of God, that was the greatest thing that she could have ever done she said you know what God I'm going to commend this son into your hands God do whatever you want to do with him and we read about Samuel and he's one of the greatest men in the word of God I just come to tell somebody on a Sunday afternoon that sometimes you got to make decisions that are going to hurt a little bit but when you make that decision make sure you follow through make sure you say God this is what I told you I'm going to do God I told you in the altar that I'm going to wake up and pray and by God, I'm going to wake up in the morning and pray. God, I told you that I'm going to read my Bible. And Let me lift our hands all over this house. Come on, the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody right now. The Holy Ghost is helping somebody right now. The Holy Ghost is ministering in this house right now. God's trying to help you. God's trying to bring you to the place where he wants you to go. He's trying to make us a little bit uncomfortable today. And he's trying to help us to get to the desired location. God has some big things for this church. And God has some big things for this people. But somebody's got to make up in their mind that I'm going to make a commitment today. I'm going to make a commitment to the house of God. I'm going to make a commitment to the things of God. Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now. I tell you today that all decisions are not created equal. Yes, sir. 
We could talk about every decision is equal. We could say that if we want to, but you know there are decisions that are more uh, relevant and important and higher than other decisions. But there are decisions that are made in a moment of conviction. What is conviction? Conviction is not condemnation. Can I tell you today that I'm not here to condemn today or the word of God doesn't condemn. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. This is not to condemn what conviction does is conviction lets us know where we are. I think conviction is grace. When I get convicted about things, when I'm not living the way that I'm supposed to live and going the way that I'm supposed to go and moving the way that I'm supposed to move, I pray God send a strong conviction to my spirit so that I can get on the right track and so that I can walk in the way that you've called me to walk and show conviction. We invite conviction in the sanctuary. That's why when the preaching of the Lord goes forward, it's okay that you might feel a little sad in your spirit. What that is, baby, is that not that's not condemnation, but that's conviction. And when you get conviction, Conviction. You got to start saying, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me right now? God, what are you trying to say right now? God, what do you want me to know right now? And conviction will put you in a space where you can truly receive what God's trying to tell you. And so I pray, God, I want you to convict me so that I can get on the right track. God, I want you to convict me so that I can get on the right path and God will send a word into my life and when God sends that word into my life and it's corrective and it's trying to help me to turn in the right direction, what, what happens is I'm telling you, I, I lived it, I know what it is to say, you know what, that's too hard of a word and I don't want to receive that at this point in my life, but you got to make up in your mind, this is a decision that you can make today, that I'm done chafing against the word of God and I'm done chafing against everything that God's trying to put in my life to set me straight can I tell you today that when conviction comes you lend your ear and you begin to say God what are you saying to me right now can I tell you it's in the moment of conviction that you have clarity to know which way to go for your life God I don't know which direction to turn well God give me some conviction and let me bend my ear to you so I can know which way to go There are decisions that are made in the moment of conviction. In the moment where we're separated. That's why you got to get to the house of God. Hear me today. I don't want to miss a service because it may be that service. A Wednesday night, a slow day, what we talked about earlier, where I don't feel like coming to the house of God, where I get myself to the house of God. And that was the night that God prepared a word just for me. Do you know we serve a God that'll, that'll, that'll take a preacher and he'll sit him down and the preacher's like, I don't know why I got to say that. I don't know why I got to talk about that. I don't know why I got to deal with that. And the preacher will sit me sit there and he'll start preparing what God is putting on his heart. But God is preparing a word just for you. You are so special to God that in his infinite wisdom and in all the things that he has going on that he will meet with you today. Can you stand with me all over the sanctuary? And I know what you're thinking today. You're thinking there's been moments in my life where I knew God was trying to speak to me. Yeah. 
and where I ignored the voice that was coming. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it another chance, another chance, another time. And I'm just not that's not right for my life today. But can I tell you, we serve a God of grace and of mercy. And what God does is he'll send the word a second time. You read your Bible. The Bible says that God came to the prophet Jonah a second time. God came to Peter when he was supposed to deal with Cornelius a second time. And so if we don't get it right the first time, we serve a God. We serve a God. We serve a God that he'll come around a second time and he'll let you know which way to go. Hey, I come to tell somebody on a Sunday afternoon that there's a God in this sanctuary and he's not here to condemn, but he's here to take you to the next level. There's a God in this sanctuary right now and he wants you to be everything that you can be in his kingdom. But you've got to make a decision. He's not going to force you today. He'll never make you do anything but somebody's got to lift up your hands and you've got to say God whatever your will is for my life God whatever you want from me God whatever you're asking from me God I want to walk in your ways and I want to make a decision today hands raised all over this house right now I wonder, can we entertain the presence that we feel right now? Come on, God's speaking to somebody in this place right now. God's dealing with hearts, minds, and souls right now in the sanctuary. God's helping us today. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now. These altars are open right now. If you want to come and pray, I want to invite you to these altars right now. And I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to open up your ears and say, God, what do you want me to do today? God, what do you want me to go today? God, what do you want to do in my life? God, I'm open and available to you. And I'm going to make a decision today. Come on, as they begin to sing, I wonder, can we lift up our voices right now? I wonder, can somebody entertain his presence? I wonder, can somebody pray all over this sanctuary? The Spirit of the Lord is here, and God is here to help somebody today. God sent this word today to get us where we need to go. God's got great things for your life. God's got better things for your life. God wants you to make a decision today. Here is where I lay down every burden This is my soul. This is my soul. Here is where I lay it down every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Come on, God's speaking right now. Go ahead and lift up your voice. Come on, somebody cry out to him right now. Come on, somebody touch Jesus in the house. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender.
somebody to pray with right now lay your hands on your brother and your sister right now somebody find somebody to pray with if it's appropriate lay your hands on your brother lay your hands on your sister right now there are people in this sanctuary right now they just need a friend today they just need somebody to help them pray they just need somebody to help them push a little bit come on ARC let's push in the spirit today let's push a little bit deeper today before God can take us higher he's got to take us deeper today come on somebody let's press against everything that's pressing up against us today 